Hello and welcome to Canine Hooper's World, the podcast. A whole new world of fun. Everyone's invited. Hi and welcome to Canine Hooper's World, the podcast. Today's episode I'm going to talk to you about breeds and how to choose your perfect canine companion. So one of the first things we need to consider with choosing a dog is what are we looking for? What are the needs? So a great way to start is looking at the different breed groups. So we have gun dogs and quite often with gun dogs you think about tweed and pheasants and countryside and such things. But gun dogs are basically working dogs. Most dogs were bred for a purpose. We need to remember this, okay? Most dogs were not bred to just sit and do nothing. They all had a job many, many moons ago. But now in the busy hustle and bustle of life, um, quite often those jobs aren't or cannot be fulfilled for the dog. So this is why we need to be really, really careful when we are picking what breed of dog we are going to live with. So our gun dogs are, as I say, a working breed. Um, quite often they were used for picking up birds or for flushing birds. And there are different types. You have your pointers and your setters, which tend to be a bit larger, and they were used to locate the birds. And then you have your spaniels, which were used to flush and retrieve. And obviously your retrievers, which retrieve stuff. Um, I hear quite a lot, oh, I've got a Labrador. He loves carrying things. Yes, yeah, kind of what he was bred to do. So as much as we can talk about nurture, and nurture does play a massive part in how our dogs are and how our dogs are socialised and how our dogs interact with the world. But we do need to look at the nature of our breeds as well, which is kind of what this episode is about. So our gun dogs, you do tend to get working line and show line. The show line do tend to be calmer. Say tend to be every dog is an individual, so painting them with a brush is very difficult. Um, but your working line tend to be more active and fizzy, and your show line tend to be a little bit calmer. Um, then we have the hounds. Now the hound group is great; it's so so diverse. Um, and you have your scent hounds, and you have your sight hounds. So when you say scent hounds, straight away people think of your bloodhounds and your basset hounds. But also, guys, that includes your beagles and your datsuns. And datsuns are a very popular breed right now. And people see them as these, as these cute little things. They're still hounds. They were bred to hunt, okay? They were bred to follow a scent. So you need to make sure you're giving your dogs the outlet they need. So scent work... For a scent hound, just seems quite obvious, you would think. Now, sight hounds, lots of people think the sight hounds need loads and loads and loads and loads of exercise. But actually, they're they're the sprinters of the dog world. So there's an ongoing joke amongst um, people that own like greyhounds and um, whippets and stuff that they run for like 20 minutes and then they sleep for 23 hours a day. Um, if you're going to look at a sight hounds, guys... I would suggest being happy with a dog that is going to lay on a big comfy bed for most of the day because that's what they like to do. So they're a little bit misunderstood. But again, with the sight hounds, you may need to be more careful if you have other animals in the house, 
small fairies because they were bred for hunting and chasing okay so this is something that you need to be aware of when we're thinking about groups of dogs before we even look at the breed narrowing your choice down to a group of dogs can be super helpful then we have the pastoral dogs now this is one of my favorite groups okay i grew up with border collies and um shepherd mixes and now i have a german shepherd but you have the pastoral dogs kind of split into a couple of groups so you have your herding dogs which are your collies your shepherds um when i say your shepherds i'm talking your german your swiss your belgium your dutch okay um australian there are quite a lot of shepherd dogs um and then obviously our lovely lovely border collies and then you have the guarding side which tend to be um your rottweilers um ridgebacks mastiffs um were all bred as guarding herding breeds if that makes sense so guarding pastoral breeds now quite often german shepherds will do both sides of it as will rottweilers but a lot of people seem to see the guarding breeds as only doing the guarding but they did have a job to look after a flock as opposed to just the house now the pastoral group do really well at hoopers um hoopers is quite a good um fit for the pastoral breed uh, for the pastoral group a lot of the dogs um like working away from the handler so having a hoopers course where they can work away from the handler and um gain a bit of distance and have to use their brains a bit hoopers is really suited to your pastoral breeds um so that group is is quite a favorite of mine i have to say then you have working dogs which are um your st bernard's but also your huskies and your malamutes um working dogs were up on mountains looking after things going out to um help people we've all seen the newfoundlands with the barrels around their neck where they used to climb up mountains and find people that have got stuck and give them a little bit of brandy to give them i don't know the energy to get back down or the courage i have no idea um your pulling breeds so your huskies and your malamutes um these are really athletic dogs these are not dogs that can be left in a house for 23 hours a day okay you need to be giving these dogs um an outlet see lots of people um doing pulling sports either um bike jaw or sledding but also canny cross um quite a lot of people run with their huskies huskies and malamutes need an outlet guys i mean they are beautiful stunning dogs and some would argue they're the most wolf-like looking of the breeds but you need to make sure that you've got the right lifestyle to give them what they need really terrier group now we recently lost um mr tizer my little jack russell pastel cross um terriers are hilarious okay but their name actually means dog of the earth and they are little bags of mischief like they are super clever but also they were bred for ratting and that kind of thing and i don't want to be I don't want to be negative about the terrier group but they were bred to kill stuff they were bred to kill rats or 
back 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 in the day with horrible people they used to use them for um sports like baiting and stuff which obviously we don't do now but there will still be some inherent traits in our dogs that needs an outlet and again i've seen loads of the terrier group um doing hoopers obviously hoops is suitable for all the groups but i've seen lots of the pastoral group and lots of the terrier group really really succeeding in hoopers and finding it super fun now i have a stashable terrier mixed with a um labrador so she is part gun dog part terrier two very different groups but also have similarities so there are traits in her that come from her labrador side and there are traits from her that come from her terrier side but we're going to talk a little bit more about crossbreeds in a bit because we have one more group to talk about which is the toy dogs oh no i'm lying we have two more groups i cannot count today so our toy group is um your chihuahuas which i love um your crested, Havanese, um, your toy poodles, and um, the Yorkshire Terriers. Now, Yorkies and miniature bull terriers fall into the toy group. Um, I still think they should be in the terrier group, as well as the Westies. They should all be in the terrier group, but apparently they fall into the toy group. Um, toy dogs are really underestimated. People think they're super easy because they're tiny. They don't need a lot of exercise it's not true guys they're still dogs and they need to be treated like dogs and again an activity like hoopers that's low impact but has really low level equipment so no jumps or anything is fantastic for your toy breeds to have a go at so now the last group now i've done better counting is the utility now utility dogs um it's the group that kind of the breeds don't fit into the other groups basically so it's a super diverse group um you have dalmatians you have chow chows um lacerapsus shebrinus tibetan terriers and tibetan spaniels and the poodles now the poodles you have the standards and the miniatures in this group and then you have the toy poodles in the toy group now i don't really understand why the standard poodles aren't in the gun dog group because they make really good gun dogs but what do i know the westminster show this year which is the massive massive show in america um a stunning standard poodle one this year so crufts is due to come in a few weeks in the uk so this is partly why i'm doing this episode as well because when you when it's the time of year of westminster and crufts lots of people decide they want to look into getting a dog and they want to know what sort of dog might suit them so hopefully this episode will give you some ideas and clues so those are our groups guys and the best thing to think about is what would you be looking for in a dog have a look at the groups so if you want a dog that's going to be quite independent and go off sniffing on walks but may pick up a scent and go running off after things then that kind of describes the hound group quite well um especially your beagles and your bassets they are bred to scent stuff so if you don't want a dog that's going to spend its whole time with its nose on the floor probably don't go for a hound just as a thought you know if you want a dog that's small and if you live somewhere that may be in um, a flat or an apartment you need a dog that's smaller then maybe look at the toy group um if you have more room or you prefer larger breed dogs 
then have a look at the guardian side of the pastoral group okay there are lots of options but have in mind what sort of what sort of traits you would like your dog to have because for example getting a german shepherd and expecting it to never bark it's not going to happen they're known as shouty shepherds for a reason okay shepherds bark so if you want a dog that's quiet maybe don't get a shepherd just saying so I had a look online and there are loads and loads and loads of resources and websites of how to pick your perfect dog. So I went through some of the questions and I'll tell you what my results were um, in a bit. But these are some of the things to consider. So the first question on most of them was how much experience have you had with dogs? Now experience is a bit tricky because I have had dogs all my life since I was teeny, teeny, tiny. And as I say, I grew up with shepherds and collies and a toy poodle. But I owned my first dog when I was 24, 25, was my first actual dog. Now, I helped with the family dogs, but I didn't get my first dog till I was in my 20s. And that was Ties and my little terrier. So, how much experience have I had with dogs? Well, I've lived with them for a very long time, but actually training them and doing stuff is probably about 12 years. So, it's quite a difference. Twelve. I mean, 12 years is still a long time, but a lot of people seem to think that just because you've had a dog in your house, that means you're really experienced with a dog. Also, look at what breeds you've had experience with. Because, again, if you've only had experience with for example bulldogs and then you decide to go out and get husky you might be in for a rude awakening because they are very very different breeds so experience is a bit of a tricky one um how much time can you put into your training every day with your dog now you know i'm a big big fan of rest days um and with the girls the girls don't do training every day but the puppy does a little bit of training every single day okay because the puppy needs work putting into him because he is a shepherd and he is super bright and he needs to learn stuff so he has quite a lot of training put into him probably more so than i did with the chihuahuas if i'm being honest now munch our lovely stuff girl she had lots of training put into her because again she was a very busy dog she was a very bright dog and she needed wearing out mentally as well as physically so look at how much training you can do but also how active you are if you're happy to go out for i don't know like a 45 minute little walk around the park then having a breed that doesn't require a lot of exercise is probably better for you than say a border collie that's designed to be out on a hillside working sheep all day but then if you're an adventurer and you're going to be going out with your dog for a good hour every day once they're fully grown not puppies then maybe something a bit more active like one of your pastoral groups may be better for you so your activity level and how much training you're willing to put into your dog um is a massive factor for what breed you're going to pick um now one of the questions that kept coming up is what is your home like now there was this real hang up on size of house and size of home i used to live in a flat with four dogs but my dogs we had access to a really really small garden but they got walked and exercised and trained most days so i think as long as you're happy to put the time and effort into what you're doing with your dog um 
I don't think it matters so much how big your house is. It's what quality of time you're spending with your dog is. Because I know people that live in great big giant mansion houses with great big giant gardens. But the dogs only see those four walls. Which, yes, they're massive and beautiful and huge. But it's still just four walls. Whereas you could have someone that lives in a flat or an apartment. And they could be taking the dog out every day on loads of adventures. So... I feel the size of house isn't as relevant as you may think. Um, do you have kids? Now, this is an important one because having children takes up a lot of people's time. Um, I don't have children. I have the dogs. So I have a lot more time for my dogs. So again, picking a breed that is going to fit in with family life could be a really big deciding factor. What is your noise tolerance for barking? Now, okay. I'm going to explain something to everyone. Dogs bark. It's a thing, okay? It's a thing that dogs bark. Now, yes, we can train our dogs to be quieter, and some breeds will be a lot quieter than others, but if you have bought a breed that is of the guarding type and they are likely to bark at the slightest noise and you live in a busy town, your dog might be more barky than... A dog that doesn't really guard and lives in the middle of nowhere and therefore doesn't really need to bark at stuff, okay? You need to expect your dog to bark, but different breeds have different levels of bark, guys. Um, what is your tolerance for shedding? Now, I found this really interesting. On the UK Kennel Club site, it asked if people had the allergies. There's this real thing about hypoallergenic dogs right now. I don't understand how a dog can be hypoallergenic. Um, it's a dog. Yes, there are breeds that do not shed. Poodles, Maltese, Bichon Frise. Um, they don't shed because they've been bred not to shed. That is the type of coat they have. But as soon as you cross them with another breed, they could shed. Okay, so your Cockapoos and your Cavapoos and your Shishons and your Schnoodles all have a potential of molting if one of the breed molts okay just because you've put poodle or beach on with it does not mean it's not going to molt people and actually grooming of dogs that don't molt is really really high maintenance so that's something else you need to consider because people think oh well, they don't molt they won't need a lot of grooming they probably need to go to the groomers every four to six weeks roughly okay we used to have dogs in i used to work at a groomers and we would have the regulars that came in every six to eight weeks we had some that came in um, every four weeks and one week would, one appointment would be a brush and a blow dry and the next one would be a full cut to maintain the coat, okay? And having dogs, so really good friend of mine at the moment is getting ready for Crufts. Um, she's showing her standard poodle. She also has a standard poodle that she canny crosses. Now the canny cross poodle is clipped out. He's kept really, really short. He has pom-poms on his legs, head, tail and looks super cute, but his coat is very short. Her show poodle is in a show cut. Look at the dog that won Westminster this year, guys. That coat takes a lot of maintenance. They need brushing, okay? So if you do not want to be going to the groomers regularly, if you cannot budget for grooming appointments, do not get a dog that is mixed with a poodle or a bichon, okay? That is a massive thing to consider. Um, da, 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 amount of groom required. So the shepherd sheds loads, loads and loads and loads and loads and loads. Um, I have to hoover 
every single day now. Um, I didn't realise how much he was going to shed, but you know what? It happens. It's fine. Um, the girls shed a lot less, so the Chihuahuas don't shed too much. The Stafford, she doesn't really shed at all. Um, it's little hairs. Tends to be twice a year she'll get sheddy for a couple of weeks and then her normal coat is in. Now, friends, again, that have Huskies and Akitas, they blow their coat twice a year. Oh, my goodness. Bags. Bags and bags and bags and bags of hair. And I'm not even exaggerating, guys. This is like rubbish bags of hair from their dogs. It is mental, okay? So look how much grooming the dog is going to need because that is going to be another thing. Um... Your activity level, we've spoken about that. So how much um, walking you're prepared to be doing every day, excluding your rest day. Um, also other pets, whether you've already got dogs in your house, whether you've got cats in your house, whether you have rabbits or rats or mice. Um, I fostered lots of small furries for um, the RSPCA many years ago. I had to keep my terrier out the room because terriers and mice are not a good combination. So lots of control and management, okay? Um hear lots about um sight hounds chasing cats the, my chihuahuas chase cats they're a nightmare the cats in the house if they were calm and still they wouldn't be chased but if they ran they got chased because guess what dogs have been bred to chase fairy things it happens um size of dog is another thing to consider um whether you're happy to have a giant breed or a toy breed so think about what size of dog because remember it's not only just the size dog you're going to be living with, but also feeding because the Chihuahua's food bill is minuscule compared to the Shepherd's food bill. The Shepherd's food bill is ginormous because he's a puppy and he eats a lot. So these are kind of all the things um, you need to be considering, guys, with your puppy. Now, with your crossbreeds, think about what the cross is, okay? Yes, they're going to look super cute. Most puppies do. But be careful with what crossbreeds you're looking at guys because there are traits in both breeds that you could get the nice side of both the breeds but you could also get the bad traits of both breeds which can be a nightmare and remember guys just your good old regular mutt okay you don't tend to hear much about the mongrels anymore but i grew up with a few and they are wonderful dogs okay you can have specific crossbreeds but a good old mongrel tends to be a nice family pet Nice and resilient, nice and easy, okay? So they're not something to overlook and just go, oh, well, no, I don't want a crossbreed, I don't want a mongrel, okay? Pedigree, you know generally what sort of dog you're going to be getting, but don't overlook um, your mongrel dogs, guys. And also, you don't have to just get a puppy. And I don't want people to think that this is just about puppies. This is about picking a breed for you, okay? There are thousands, thousands and thousands and thousands of rescue dogs around the world that are looking for homes. And I understand that people might not always feel that rescuing is easy or that it's suitable for them. But remember, you get puppies in rescue. Dodge is a rescue. Dodge is a rehome. My German Shepherd, he's a beautiful cracking dog. I didn't get him from the breeder. I got him from a lovely family that bought a puppy and realised that it was way too much for them and he's now come to me. Munch was a rescue, okay, our Staffy Lab girl. She was a rescue puppy. She was a puppy puppy when we got her. Again, same thing. Someone had got a puppy, didn't realise what they were going to be taking on. 
There are unexpected litters born every day that end up in rescue, guys. So don't overlook going down the rescue. And also, for a lot of people, puppies are hard work, okay? I'm not even going to lie to you. Puppies are very hard work. So finding a dog that's a little bit older from a breed-specific rescue is another way of finding your perfect companion. And just go to the rescues, guys. If you know roughly what size you want, roughly what coat you want, roughly what your activity level is going to be, your rescue is going to have a dog that is going to suit your needs and be your perfect, perfect friend, okay? This episode's a little bit longer than normal, but I feel that there was lots of information we needed to go through with it because picking a dog is very, very difficult. So, guys, whichever way you decide to get a dog, whether you're going to go to a reputable breeder, notice I say reputable, do not just go on the internet and find the first puppy available, do your research, or go to a rescue, get the help of a rescue and help save a life by rescuing, make sure you do your research, guys. Don't just go out and buy a dog on a whim, okay? Until next time, stay safe, be kind, and keep your dogs on lead around livestock. Take care, guys. Bye. For more information on Hoopers, where to find classes and Canine Hoopers World Instructor courses, find us on Facebook, like our page, join our free group, Canine Hoopers World. You can follow us on Instagram and we're also on Twitter at Canine Hoopers. Check out our website, www.caninehoopersworld.com. Remember, Canine Hoopers World, everyone's invited.